You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Expressed his confidence in God's ability to complete the work. If God left it up to us, I don't know about you, but I would have failed long ago. Praise the Lord, he didn't leave it up to me. He started the work in me, and he will be faithful to complete it until Jesus Christ comes. One commentator said, The work of grace has its root in the divine goodness of the Father, it is planted by the self denying goodness of the Son and it is daily watered by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. In our lives, we like to be in control. We like to be the ones to do things. But in today's message, Pastor Dave will encourage you to let God do what God does. Allow Him to work in and through your life. There doesn't need to be any striving. With the Holy Spirit, the Lord will empower you for the work of the kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, as he continues his message, Midnight Rendezvous. We don't take time to sit at his feet. God help us that we don't fall in this trap of over-involvement in service to the extent where we don't have time to sit at his feet to worship him and to just gaze into his face and see his beauty. Oh my, if you miss that, folks, if you miss sitting at his feet, I challenge you, take time to sit at our Lord's feet. Sit at his feet. Sit at his feet and you'll see his face. Ruth goes and she lays at Boaz's feet. Ruth was declaring to Boaz that she desired of him to be her spiritual covering in marriage. This was the gesture that Naomi had told her to do, and this is what it meant. <laughs> Can you imagine the look and surprise on Boaz's face when he woke up and found somebody lying at his feet? What was that? Perhaps he thought it was somebody coming in to steal his grain. <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of rude awakenings in the Bible. Adam went to sleep, woke up married, and missing a rib. <laughs> Jacob woke up married to the wrong girl. In verse 8, Boaz is startled and he wakes up and he sees Ruth lying at his feet. Naturally, he says, who are you? This is an amazing scene. We can tell that Boaz was startled, waking up in the middle of the night as he turned to sleep, knowing that someone was out there, but he wasn't sure. It was dark there. It was a dark place, the threshing floor. There wasn't much light in there. And since he was there to protect the grain against the thieves, it was quite a shock. But what a wonder when it was a woman. It's interesting the way Ruth answered Boaz when he said, Who are you? She never claims to be a Moab, the, the Moabitess. Oh, say that three times. She never claimed to be a woman of Moab. <laughs> what did she say? I am Ruth. And then she humbly says, Your maidservant. 
Ruth again shows this great humility and submission. She presents herself to Boaz as his servant. She is aware of her new beginning, so she's no longer associating with her old life of Moab. She's no longer associating with the old ways, the old gods, because now she's a child of the Most High God. She's a child of Jehovah. And she declares herself as such. You and I should not identify with our old nature. We should not identify with the old man. As Paul says, we're to put on the new man, but to put on Christ. The new nature we now have in Jesus Christ. We were once children of wrath, but now we are children of the king. And we should act accordingly as his children. We should declare ourselves that. But when she asked this question, she says, you are my relative. And she used that word, Goel. You are my kinsman redeemer. Take me under your wing. Now, the Hebrew word for wing can also be used for skirt. The phrase can also be called and translated, spread the corner of your garment over me. And this is very culturally relevant in this day. She was saying, I am a widow. Take me as your wife. I am a widow. Take me as your wife. In Ezekiel 16, God talks about Israel like this. In Ezekiel 16, in verse 8, when I, he's talking about Israel and his love for them, his love for Jerusalem. He says, God is speaking. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you, and you became mine. Isn't that beautiful? That beautiful picture here. Beautiful picture. We know how many times Jesus wanted to cover us with his wings. Wanted to cover us. We read in Psalm 91 about the covering of the wings, of the feathers. To spread a skirt over one in the east was a symbolic action. It means defending from evil. It means protection. And in this day, in many parts of the East, to say anyone that he's put his coat over a woman is synonymous with saying he married her. And all the marriages of the, of the modern Jews, now one part of the ceremony, the bride is put a silken or cotton cloak around them. The groom puts a silken or cotton cloak around the bride, covering her. Ruth declares to Boaz, you are a close relative, and this shows that this was not an inappropriate thing for Ruth to do towards Boaz. It was bold, but was not inappropriate. Ruth understood that if she identified with Boaz as a close relative, literally you're Goel, a kinsman redeemer. Even though Abimelech was deceased, there was a right to have his family name carried on as a Goel. Boaz had the responsibility to do this for Elimelech. This could only happen through Boaz marrying Ruth and providing children to carry on the name of Elimelech. Ruth boldly, yet humbly, and very properly sought her rights. Remember last week we said she could have gone in there and demanded. She could have gone in there and kicked down the threshing floor and said, hey, I'm here. 
She also chose the better part. She chose to come in humbly. Imagine what was going on in Ruth's mind during this. She must have been trembling. She must have been trembling. What would Boaz do? How would he respond? Would this wealthy man, would this strong individual, would he stretch his covering over a Moabite woman? This relatively new person who showed up out of nowhere, who had no credentials, no credibility, she had absolutely nothing to offer him. Isn't that how we come to Christ? Bankrupt? Nothing to offer? Naked? Poor? In need of clothing? Asking for forgiveness? Asking for restoration? Asking to be covered by his wings? Asking him to redeem us? I've never heard of Christ turning anyone down. So where there is an instance of God's beginning any work and it leaving it complete, where has you seen that? Show me for once a world abandoned and thrown aside half-formed. Show me a universe calved off with a great potter's wheel, with the design and outline, the clay half, hardened and formed unshapely for incompleteness. You can't find it. That was a commentator, by the way. God always completes what he starts. God always completes what he starts. Look at the word redeemer. It's an interesting word. It indicates a continual work of redemption. It's a continual work. When the Lord declares he is our redeemer, it means that he will continually redeem us, not only in relation to salvation, which happens in a flash, but he remains continually and constantly willing to cover you, willing to redeem you, willing to claim you no matter what you've been through or where you've been, even if you've been to Moab. And we can take him as his word. What did Paul, the apostle, say of the Lord in Philippians 1 verse 6? He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love this promise. But the promise begins with Paul saying something else. He says, being confident of this very thing. Paul's confidence wasn't in himself to obey laws. Paul's confidence wasn't in himself to do good and be good. Paul's confidence was in the saving knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ. It was his righteousness that gets us for heaven, not our righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Paul expressed his confidence in God's ability to complete the work. If God left it up to us, I don't know about you, but I would have failed long ago. Praise the Lord, he didn't leave it up to me. He started to work in me, and he will be faithful to complete it until Jesus Christ comes. One commentator said, the work of grace has its root in the divine goodness of the Father. It is planted by the self-denying goodness of the Son, and it is daily watered by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. It springs from good and leads to good, and so it is good altogether. Another commentator said, this work in the believer will not be finally complete until the day of Jesus Christ, which in contact has the idea of us returning to him, seeing him face to face, and then the work will be complete, will be completed. Corruption. We'll put on incorruption. Corruption. 
We'll put on immorality. We'll be clean. It'll be finished. The work will be done. We'll be perfect in the eyes of God. So Ruth lays this out. She lays this out before Boaz. You're my Goel. You're my kinsman redeemer. I'm asking now that you marry me. I'm asking you now that you fulfill the law and that you take your part in the law according to the law of Moses and that you marry me so that we can have children and Elimelech's legacy and name will go on. Look at Boaz's answer in 10 and 11. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. And in these verses, Boaz does two things to Ruth, for Ruth. He accepts her, and he assures her acceptance and assurance. And from these verses, we can see how the Lord responds to us when he wants to take us into a deeper relationship with him. And through his word, we know that God not only accepts us, but God assures us as well, time and time and time already. Boaz might have refused Ruth. But most scholars agree. Remember, I said this was a love story. Most scholars agree that he was very fond of her. Indeed, that he loved her. And he would gladly take her as his own. He accepted her. He called her my daughter, which is an endearing term. Now, from what we read here, it's assumed that Boaz was somewhat older than Ruth because he said, well, you could have had all these young men, but you came and looking for us old geezers. You're okay. You're okay. He called her my daughter because of the great love he had for her. God accepts us in Jesus Christ because of the great love for us. We are accepted in Christ. God seeks to draw us closer. And we should never be afraid to draw near to him and share his love. We should never, ever be afraid. If we can only realize in some small way the great love that our kinsman redeemer has for us, we too would forsake everything and we would enjoy his fellowship. I sometimes think we don't really realize just how much he loved us. Interesting. I mentioned before that it was dark on the threshing floor. I would imagine quite dark. Ruth couldn't see his face, but she could hear his words. And I think the words that stuck out her were the assurance word of fear not. Fear not. I'm going to do all that you ask. I'm going to do all that you require of me. Fear not. Our assurance from our Savior is not in our feelings. It's not in the goosebumps. It's not in the other things. It's not in our circumstances. 
Our assurance comes from his word. Our assurance that he loves us, our assurance that we're going to have eternal life with him forever is in his word. It has been spoken to us by the Holy Spirit in his word. That is our assurance. And you look through the scriptures, and I did this. I looked through the scriptures, and you see the words, fear not. Look how many people were told, fear not. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and the entire nation of Israel. Joshua, King Jehoshaphat. Those that came back and returned as a remnant, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joseph, the husband of Mary, Mary herself, Zacharias, the husband of John the Baptist, the shepherds, the apostle Paul, and the apostle John. They were all told, fear not. Ladies and gentlemen, we can come alongside these biblical giants. We too can say, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my fortress and my defense. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is telling you right now, whatever circumstances you may be in, whatever's happening in your life today or happened today or has been happening, whatever trouble, trial, circumstance, whatever affliction you are going through, the Lord is telling you today to fear not. I am with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. Allow my purpose to take place in your life. Allow what I'm doing to happen. Relax, submit to the Holy Spirit, and follow me with all your heart. Love me like you've never loved before. Give yourself totally to me and let me take care of it. Cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. So God is telling you today. And each one of us can take that promise. Each one of us can take it. Who was that, Beretta? You can take that to the bank. Each one of us can take that promise. Each one of us can take it within us and say, yes, Lord, that's mine. And not only did Boaz calm Ruth's obvious fears, he made a promise concerning her future. I will do all that you ask and request. Isn't this God's promise to us? What did Jesus say? Ask anything in my name. Isn't this God's promise to us? We read in the book of Hebrews, we've quoted it many times during our prayer time. In chapter 4 and verse 16, it simply says, Therefore let us boldly come to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Because we have a high priest who is omnipotent and compassionate, we can come boldly to his throne. But there is one who discourages us from going there. We have an enemy who wants to keep us from the throne room. He wants us to consider it and says that Jesus is unapproachable. You can't approach God. Well, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament scripture. Our God is approachable. Our God is loving, caring, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, gracious. We can come to him. We can go to the throne of grace. And in the throne of grace, we obtain mercy. 
not getting what we deserve. We find grace in getting what we don't deserve in our time of need. There is help there. See, the rabbis used to teach us there were two thrones, one of mercy and one of judgment. And they said this because they knew that God was both merciful and just. They weren't wrong. But how could these two attitudes of God be reconciled? And they're saying perhaps God has two thrones displayed by two aspects of his character. But no, there is one throne. And on that one throne, he shows not only judgment, but he also shows mercy. In the light of the work of Jesus, we see mercy and judgment reconciled in the throne of grace. Grace does not ignore God's justice. Grace does not ignore God's justice. It operates in fulfillment of God's justice in the light of the cross of Jesus Christ. Christ dying on the cross fulfilled the justice of God, fulfilled the justice requirement, shedding his blood. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God. We can find grace in our time of need. Thankfully, God provides it in our time of need. He provides help. There's no request that's too small. Because he, he doesn't want us to be anxious for anything, it says in Philippians 4, 6. But everything through prayer and supplication. Let your request be named to God. And then what would happen? The peace that surpasses all understanding would guard your heart and your mind. In Christ Jesus. Ruth, right now, is, is elated because she's being told, don't fear. I'm going to do all that you ask. I will fulfill the obligation of a kinsman redeemer. I will redeem you as my own. I will take you as my wife. I stopped here because, because all of a sudden my mind went to, how many of you, my, my wife does it time to time, how many of you watch these Hallmark movies on TV? Have you ever noticed anything about these Hallmark movies? These two people met and they start to fall in love and you know, they flirt and this kind of stuff and all of a sudden they get together and something bad happens and they go apart, and then right at 1.59, at the end of the movie, they get back together. Right? I could write this garbage. Come on. Well, guess what? Something's going to happen here. A little bit of a wrench is going to be thrown into the mix here. Because Boaz is going to say, Ruth, my darling, I've got some good news, and i got some bad news. There's a slight problem in the mix here. For there is another who is closer than I. There's another person who will succeed and before Boaz in the line of kinsman redeemer. So we have a small problem. Now, it may be a small problem to whomever. It might be a large problem to whomever. But it's no problem for God. God already knows what's going to happen. He already knows what's going to happen and what's going to be done. You are Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of Assure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of Ruth when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You're welcome to share these messages with friends and family too. 
If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Check out our website for more information and to get directions. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Or you can always call us for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. If you're not able to join us in person, that's okay. We understand that right now you may be more comfortable avoiding crowds. We're streaming our services on Facebook Live each Sunday at 10 a.m. so you can worship with us virtually. Just follow the link you'll find at assurehoperadio.com to watch. And be sure to follow our page for the latest updates. How can we be praying for you during this study in the book of Ruth? please let us know by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. It's our pleasure to lift you up to the Lord. Thanks for listening to today's message and a sure hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study through the book of Ruth, and we hope you'll join Pastor Dave next time for another edition of A Sure Hope.